Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Welcome back, archivists. Hello, welcome back. Hi. How are you? <laughs> you are so annoying. <laughs> Did you not just say not to do that? <laughs> I was, he was just telling me he's tired of me asking how he's doing because it sounds annoying, like it's getting old and annoying. Am I annoying you guys? <laughs> oh, and then he does it. You didn't answer the question. <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to start this episode with Hannah being annoyed. Oh, my gosh. Okay. No, I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. Are you ready for us to leave yet? Yes. Mm. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because this is the last time we're going to be here before we move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You sad yet? Mm-hmm. going to cry? No. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> You're so mean. I'm going to cry because I'm going to have so much time on my hands. I'm not going to know what to do with That's so mean. I miss the kids. I am a kid. You're, I am your kid. Yeah, so I hope that I means mean, that no. you'll miss me. That's not what I mean. Rude. All right. What do we got? Okay. Today we are talking about the August 3rd, 1984 murder of Barbara Rowan. This is taking place in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. That marker's kind of loud. <laughs> Just keep going. Well, I want your full undivided attention. I have to take notes. You, you have a tendency have to, to take, not listen. I have to take notes. Yeah, and that's why you don't hear the things okay, that go. I say. All right, go ahead. Okay, fine. Take your notes. But if you ask me something that I already said. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, good. So in 1984, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania... Barbara Rowan was 14 years old at the time. Her family describes her as being very nice, um, a little too trusting, maybe a little naive is what they say. She loved to read and draw and she loved music. And she was close to her cousin, who was 12 years old at the time, um, Jackie. On August 3rd, Barbara was last seen leaving her house with a baseball mitt and a radio. She hadn't said where she was going or who she was going to see, but she had a strict 7 p.m. curfew that she took very seriously. So when she doesn't come home that night, there's an immediate concern, and her mom goes out to search the area where they lived. Her father, Robert, shortly goes out and knocks on all of the doors of the houses that Barbara was known to visit of some of the apartments along Old Lincoln Mm -hmm. Highway where she would play or sometimes babysit. Oh, this is on Old Lincoln Highway? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty famous, almost like Route 66, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She had left the house around 3 3 p.m., by the way. I don't think Mm -hmm. I mentioned that. A couple hours after she doesn't come home, after her curfew at 7, at around 9.30 After they've been looking, uh, Barbara's parents call the police to report her missing. 
Later at trial, her father, Robert, would go on to testify that one of the houses, like one of the apartments that he mm-hmm. knocked on the door of, the men struck her as struck him as wrong. There was something that just struck him. It was he felt off about oh, this but, encounter. OK, but when he is, was showing uh, people his photo, uh, the right. photo photo that he had of his daughter because right. he okay. was taking this picture around. Mm-hmm. By the way. What you said she left with seems to be outside of her norm, too. Like, she liked to read and draw. And is it, what else would you say? He said something else, but she loved, loved music. Loved music. She had a baseball mitt and a radio. Yeah, baseball mitt and a radio. Okay, the music she, piece is fine. So, yeah. She was, I mean, she was known to go out and play baseball with oh. different people in these houses, okay. too. Like, that was, that was right. common. Yeah. Okay. They continue to search the neighborhood all throughout the night. Barbara's friend and neighbor tells police that she had been spending time with a man in his 20s who would play catch with her. Now, this neighbor didn't know his name, and Barbara's parents had no idea about this friendship or who this person could be. Oh, they they no. did not know about mm-hmm. this encounter that she was having with this apparently could be a diversion, 20. too. Uh, so what, uh, the close neighbors are telling them this, or...? Yeah, one of her, the neighbors, okay. and also described as friend. I read a couple, one mm-hmm. article described it as them as a neighbor, one said friend, so could be both. It seemed like all everyone right. in this neighborhood kind of like knew each other and all hung out, and it was pretty common. Like, my assumption, if I'm hearing that she had a strict 7 o'clock curfew and it was okay for her to just mm-hmm. leave and not tell them where she was going, it was common for everyone to just mm-hmm. hang out together. Okay. I don't know. This is in the 80s. You grew up in like a similar-ish time in a neighborhood, didn't you well, guys no, just... Well, I was 18 in 1984, so... Yeah, but eh, a few years prior isn't that much more. You guys just going out and... Would you tell Grammy and Grampy every time, everywhere you were going? Uh, probably not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. It's a different time. Mm-hmm. There's a YouTube thing where it's 50 minutes of jokes about growing up in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, and it flashes back and forth to all the different comedians talking about growing up in the 80s. It's funny as hell. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. That's funny. Bill Burr, Mm. Sebastian Maniscalco, you know, different people. Christina P., her last special is all about the 80s. Mm. She's even dressed in her hair. I don't know how anyone survived the 80s, leaving the house without... It it doesn't make sense to me. Well, especially (laughs) mom, because in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) they're the worst. Yeah. All right, let's peel back this onion. What happened? So through talking to the different people in the neighborhood and all the neighbors, they did find a 21-year-old man named James who was known, who they all knew would play catch with Barbara. Now, he's brought in for an interview, and he tells police that they did play catch that day, but that she abruptly ended the game and said that she had to go meet her coach around 3.30 p.m., but she wouldn't tell him who her coach was. She didn't play on any like organized team of any kind. Mm-hmm. So she didn't she wouldn't have had a coach of anything. Police don't believe his story. Uh, he agrees to take a polygraph and he passes. Uh, they say that he's being truthful and saying that he had nothing to do with her disappearance. So they clear him mm-hmm. of okay. having anything to do with it. 
So then another neighbor tells the police that he had seen Barbara around 4 p.m. walking up the street to what was known as the Red House, which is like a multifamily home. Mm-hmm. It kind of like reminded me of the house that we lived in in South Dakota mm-hmm. where it was like, what are they called? Are they called something? Duplexes. Duplexes. Yeah. 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 Uh, she sometimes would go to play with the kids there, I guess. Um, but I, we're going to find out that she was babysitting. So, again, multiple times it's described as playing and then babysitting. Uh, other neighbors told police that she had been known to babysit one of the kids from this house. Uh, one of the residents said that at 5 p.m. she had been playing with the three-year-old in front of the yard of that house, which that was who she was actually babysitting. Mm-hmm. Now, Barbara's parents had no idea that she was babysitting. They wouldn't have allowed her. They didn't feel that she was old enough to start babysitting. It's starting to sound like the neighbors know more about this kid than the parents do. Yeah. Again, 80s, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she was secretly babysitting to save money for a birthday present for her dad. Oh, okay. So that's the story that I got. Mm -hmm. If so, that's really sad. Yeah. But like, you know, nice of her. So police talked to the father of the three-year-old that she had, Barbara had been seen playing with, and that's who they're saying that she was babysitting. So they talked to the parent. He tells them that she got there around four and then left at about 5.30 p.m. She told him that she had to return the radio to her friend that she had. And the this the father tells police that after she left, he gave his daughter a bath and then went to dinner with his wife and the baby. And he came in for a polygraph and he also passed his polygraph. So they determined that he was telling the truth about his alibi. Can you say that one more time? So the... Who did she tell? She told the father of the daughter. Yes. So she, she was babysitting the three-year-old. Yeah, yeah. She told the dad, I have to go now. I have to return this radio to my friend. And why did they polygraph him? To see if he was telling the truth. Oh, really? Truthful. Oh, okay. That was the, the last place she was seen. Oh, oh okay, okay. I was going to say, did they polygraph everybody? Because he wasn't a suspect. He's just a witness at that point. Just they're piecing together a timeline. I guess, but like, she—that w- was the last place she was seen. Okay, and, and so she was the last babysitting his kid. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I didn't know that's so... the last place. And so now, the last we know, she said she was going to return the radio to a friend. Yes. Keep that in mind. That'll be important. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is. It's like the most the last thing she said mm-hmm. that anybody knows about. I mean, it, oh, so, I'm about so to this, tell you why that's important. Yeah, so that's the next note. Now, real quick, though, can you see how canvassing the neighborhood and talking to people, like you, they're putting together a timeline. They're putting together what what happened, what they're reconstructing her her life. Oh yeah, she was playing with this, playing catch with this guy, and then she was over here, and then she was babysitting. You know, so they're they're you know putting it together. So that's all good information so far. Good. Good just, you know, stomping the foot on the ground, you know, uh, good old gumshoe investigative work, you know. Right. Because we want to know where she was last seen, right? Right, and who, right. Cause and who she last had contact with. When the parents say we have no idea where she was mm-hmm. going, they kind of have nowhere well, to start. Well, the parents had no clue that she was babysitting. So that came from canvassing, talking to the people. Yeah, that's 
wild. Yeah. That's terrifying. N- nobody, if they didn't talk to the people, no, no, can you imagine the parents? No, 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 she doesn't, no, she doesn't babysit. No, she mm-hmm. wouldn't, no, doesn't do that. that you know, they would have, if it was up to the parents, they probably wouldn't have talked to everybody. So, yeah, it's weird. I mean, the it, dad. If it was up to the information that the parents right, had. Right, right. Because I was going to say, the dad did go door to door also yeah, and was yeah. like showing people her picture and saying, did you see her? Yeah, okay. Okay, so the radio. She says, she tells him supposedly that he's going to go return the radio. Now there's a problem with that statement. Barbara's parents tell police that that could not have been the case because that radio belonged to her and it was one of her prized possessions. So, they don't believe him. They don't believe the story. The parents, at least. But he passed a polygraph, right? Right. So, this is why they... So, probably the information you got was kind of out of order, but probably... Probably. Probably what happened is they went back into him and said, look, this ain't matching up. The parents are saying saying one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, here's the thing. is You got to be careful here, right? Is he lying? Is the girl lying? Is the parents are the parents lying? Right? Yeah, because maybe she did tell him that. She, maybe to she just did tell leave him that as an excuse to leave. Y- you know. Yeah. Or, or she's, she's telling fibs. She's telling stories everywhere she go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, now I gotta go give give this because maybe she's like it's none of his business where I'm going. Maybe he asked or something. Maybe I she don't... was uncomfortable and just used yeah. it as an out to yeah. get out of the 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 situation. I have to go return no, but this. It, no, she's but she's expecting me. No, but it was the ba- she was babysitting. So what? Right, but if it became uncomfortable, because yeah. he was there the whole time, but I don't think or, he was actually. Gone. Or was he lying? Did he come up? Um, oh, he remembered she had a radio. Yeah. This is more likely right now where where what people are thinking, right? Because the parents, the parents. I mean, you have no reason to to not trust the parents at this point. So the cops are saying. Oh, wait a minute. The parents are saying that's her most prized possession. They probably right. explained how she got this and where it came from. So it's reasonable to believe at this point that the guy, that he's he made that up. Right. But that's weird because he it's his daughter that his three year old that she was like babysitting. Yeah, none of this with. makes none of this makes sense. This is a difficult situation. It seemed for more of like a for, for she police. was paying to play with the the little girl. I, I had a babysitting situation like that before where Oh um I I think she was three at the time, three or four or five. And I would I was responsible for the care of the little girl, but some th- another person was home. Mm-hmm. But it was because it, you know, just yeah. the situation. Okay. Like I can imagine, like she was like, "I'm trying to earn some money for my dad's birthday present. Can I babysit, watch her? I'll play. I'll take oh, her outside." Oh, maybe it was the mom that that organized it all, and the dad just. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a, it's it's weird. This is a weird situation. It's hard for yeah. police right now to not jump or try to figure out what's going on. You know, you right. gotta you gotta still follow the the leads, follow the truth. Okay. So uh, they're still having tons of tips coming in. Police are following all of the leads that they get. The it comes of nothing. Nothing comes of it. So thirteen days after Barbara goes missing, there is a man that is taking his walk. Uh, his walk, taking his dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. And he finds Barbara's body in a brushy area between Route 1 and North Drive in Ben Salem. Her body is badly decomposed. Police immediately believe it is her because of the shirt that she was wearing. She's Mm -hmm. also found less than a mile from the last place that Barbara had been seen, which was that house. 
less than a mile from that house? Yes. Did she have a radio with her? They didn't say. I don't think so, though. Because I feel like they would have said. So she had no clothing on from her the waist down. Her hands and feet had been bound, and her nose and mouth had been covered with tape. Oh, jeez. I believe her hands and feet had been bound with the same tape also. Mm -hmm. She had the blue tank top on that she had been last seen wearing, and the autopsy says that her cause of death was asphyxia due to obstruction of airway by the tape. Wow. So it's possible that the bad guy wasn't even out to kill her. I mean... Because he put tape over her mouth. He wanted her to not scream, mm-hmm. right? This was probably just a sex assault um, of a minor is what it started out to be. But so we got tape. We got we possible fingerprints we can get. DNA. Where was it? Where was the, um, I, I know you said less than a mile, but what type of environment was it? It was like right off the highway uh-huh. in like. You know how on highways, the, like the middle of the two highways, yeah, and the it's median. like brushy, yeah. but sometimes it's like the grassy area, and yeah. then it's like kind of like down like a slopey, yeah. like almost like a hill, and you mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. over the railing almost. It's, okay. it's like that type of area, okay. like super brushy and trees and grass. and. Okay. Is there like a pullover area for, for the vehicle? It didn't look like it from the pictures that I saw. It's oh, just wow. like the road, yeah. That's probably not the crime scene. That's probably where the body was dumped then. Yeah. This person was trying to sex assault her somewhere else, realized she died because they had the tape over the mouth and the nose, and he said, oh, no, now what am I going to do? And drive down the road, quick, boom, threw the body out. Oh, sad. Mm-hmm. That's probably what happened. Yeah. I don't want to... Jump ahead, but yes, basically. Okay. You are correct. Hmm. Police believe the killer was somebody in the neighborhood because of the close proximity. So Mm -hmm. they do believe that it is someone local and probably someone that they've already spoken to. Already spoken to. The 21-year-old, the father. All right. So, yeah. So at this point. The father of the little three-year-old, not her father. Yeah, not her father. So at this point, you got to put those two, despite the polygraph, right? This is why polygraphs are tough, you know? You gotta you gotta put those two back on the list mm-hmm. as potential suspects. Shortly after they air this story on the news of Barbara's murder, someone actually calls the police. It's a husband and a wife duo. They tell the police that that night they had the night of her murder, they had seen a car pull over uh, off the road on the road. And that two people were outside of the car with the trunk open. And as this couple drove by, they said they saw something in the truck that looked big enough to be that could have been a body. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Did they describe the two people? Yes. The husband saw one of the men and says that he was about six foot tall, stocky, dark hair. And then the wife describes the other one, the other person she saw, a thin male with brown hair with a painter's cap. So that's the description that they give to the police. And this occurred, they saw this the night that she had disappeared, like that night. Oh, God bless witnesses. The, I mean, good good people. Yeah. Age on the two two guys? They didn't give an approximate age. Okay. I'm just wondering if it's a 21-year-old and the guy, the father of that three-year-old now, together. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. 
Clearly, somebody had to go get help. Okay, so what would they do with that? That lead. What do they do with that information? I'll tell you in a second. After I, I tell you about another tip that they get. Oh, okay. They're going to oh. do something. So this the, with just, another tip. So just in the news, so they it tips, wasn't yeah. a um, Crime Stoppers thing. This was just reported just in the news, news yep. and a couple said, "Hey, we were driving by that night. Oh, God bless them." Yeah. All right. So another t- tip comes in from a Timothy Johnson, who is 18 years uh, old at the time. He was planning on buying a Chevy Nova from one of the family members in that multifamily red house that I mentioned. So not the house that she was Barbara was mm-hmm. babysitting at, the house directly next to it. So their doors yeah. would have been yeah. like connected. That's how a, what is it, a duplex. He tells police that he knocked on the door and a red haired girl came out from next door and told him that her name was Barbara and that the owner to that house that he was looking for was not home. So the house that she opened the door for is the house to George Shaw, who was the father to that little girl that she had been babysitting. Okay. This guy knocked on the door next next to, so that, so the adjoining, the the adjoining Mm -hmm. home door to where she was, where the, where the, the barber was? Yes. So was that where she was babysitting? Yes. So that's the house of George Shaw. And that is the father to the little girl that she was babysitting. So now this Timothy Johnson is putting her Wait inside the house. You, 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 I just didn't tell you his name previously. No, but you're explaining it. I, I thought she's babysitting. So she's babysitting, right? In the house of where the father is. Why are you saying like he knocked on the door to that house? Because Timothy, okay, Timothy Johnson knocked on the door next to him. It's a duplex. They're right. connected. Right. So the front doors are very close. Right. He was knocking on the door, the house, the connection. Right. She came out to tell him that that person was not home. She and, heard him knocking on and, the neighbor. And, and whose house is she in when she came George out? George Shaw, the father, the baby, where she's okay. babysitting, where she was last seen outside playing with a little three-year-old girl. But we know she was there. So what do you mean it places her there? We know she it was there. It places her inside the house. The last witness, eyewitness report we have is her outside of the house playing with the little girl. I was just making a comment that now he's saying that she's inside oh, the house oh, and yeah. coming to the well, door. But what did the, what did the father also, originally say? Also, I'm not say? done with the tip. What did the father originally say? Did he originally say they were outside? He didn't. You didn't, didn't give that information earlier. It, it so, wasn't said. So this is why I'm wondering why this is important. Okay, I'm tracking. I'm now. also not done with the tip. You interrupted me. <laughs> okay. So he has Timothy <laughs> Johnson has more to say. Okay. So, but you said place her in the house. Yeah, we know she was in the house because she went to babysit. No, the last <laughs> thing I said was that the person called in and said he saw right, her okay. outside playing with the little three year old. But they interviewed the dad. And all he said was that she had been babysitting. He okay. didn't say inside or outside. All right, go ahead. So, <laughs> where am I at? <laughs> so he, she said he, they're not home. Okay, Timothy goes on to tell police that a burly, shirtless man who was sweating and fidgety and had bulging eyes came up behind Barbara quickly and again repeated, "My neighbor's not home," and rushed Timothy away and shut the door. See, mm. if you would let me finish, that was the important part. Yeah, but you acted like the other part was the important part. I was simply saying <laughs> I thought it was interesting that okay. now she's inside. All right, so 
<sighs> it, describe him again. Burly shirtless man who uh-huh. was sweating, <laughs> fidgeting, fidgety, and had bulging eyes. Uh. Quickly told him his neighbor wasn't home and rushed him away and then okay. shut the door quickly. You good with that explanation? Yep, I'm good. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. That's all. Okay. Police <laughs> then talked. Alex. What? Smart Alec. Uh-huh. <laughs> Police then talked to George Shaw's wife. Because if you remember, in his original yeah. statement, they went out to dinner that night. Now. Yeah. I, they need to talk to her. She is unable to corroborate his alibi for that night. Because she is unable to say confidently that that was the night they went out for dinner. She can't say if that was the night or if it was a different night. Oh, did she confirm that the girl was there? Uh, no, it didn't. They didn't oh, say. Okay. Um, she wasn't home because she was working. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When confronted with this, you know, change in events yep. and story, George Shaw says that he probably he just could have been mistaken. He's like, oh, I just must have been mistaken. I don't really get how that's an acceptable answer in your mind when there's a little girl who was found dead and she was last seen with you. So I don't really know how I could have been mistaken is an acceptable answer in your head. So then police are able to get a search warrant for his house. Because they have probable cause that mm-hmm. that something happened in the house hmm. or that he was involved in their disappearance. With she the was last seen in his house. And last seen in his house. That's the, yeah. that's the big thing. That's okay. And the wife isn't able to corroborate his story, and now he's yeah. lied. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So All they right. find Those, that's how you write up the warrant, just like that, just like the way you said it. So really? that's good. Yeah. Oh. Police inside of his house find a box for an aquarium that had tape on it, and it was similar to the tape recovered from oh, the crime scene. Oh, beautiful! It was the same consistency and color. Mm-hmm. The tape is sent for testing. It comes back as being similar in fibers, but they couldn't completely say that it was like the same exact tape. Mm -hmm. There's no other evidence. So the investigation goes cold at this point. Oh, wow. Is that that's a good point? Because this is all there's a lot of steps going on real time. Mm -hmm. So they're thinking they're going to solve this thing. All right. I know being so close. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so they found tape. Like, knowing that she was last yeah. seen there. They didn't have any fingerprints from the tape on the girl's Not body? Not that they said, no. They, there oh was, it, said, it literally said there was no other evidence. Oh, my gosh. So, so they, and again, this is 1984. This is frustrating when you got a good suspect and you just you can't do anything about it. What do you do as a father living in that neighborhood, knowing that she was last seen in that house? Um, what did the father do? I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm asking in general. You, you probably stalked the guy. You probably harassed the guy. Oh my you god! Probably beat the shit out of the guy. I mean, there's a lot of things you probably do. That's ter- yeah. That's awful. Terrifying and awful. Mm-hmm. So in 2002, Detective Chris McMullen is asked to take on this cold case, and he immediately is like, "No, this is definitely solvable." He immediately looks at everything as like, "No, we can solve this Good. immediately." Yeah, I I think so, too. Like, there's information, there's stuff you can get the DNA off of at this point. Like, because that tape, imagine your fingers sticking to the tape. There's trace DNA on that for sure. And if they kept the tape, you think it would still be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Detective Chris McMullen is with the Ben Salem Police Department. And then he works with Detective Mike Mosnianak 
who is the deputy chief from Bucks County. Mm-hmm. So they look at all of the evidence and the witnesses, and they do come to the conclusion that George Shaw has to be who murdered Barbara. So they ask the FBI crime lab to test the tape a second time, hoping that they could find some DNA evidence like you mentioned. And then they go back in to interview people from back in 1984 that were interviewed at the time, and they find out that George Shaw had actually intimidated all of those people. Just during that situation or in general? During the, during the first time that they had been interviewed, he had intimidated them. So back in 1984, they all lied because they were scared because he had intimidated them. Oh, what did, So what did he say? Like, what did they lie about? What the, like? One of his friends lied and corroborated his alibi, but what actually happened is that him, George Shaw and his friend, had gone out together that night at 8 p.m. to, like, a bar and were hanging out, and three other witnesses saw them out that night. So when his original alibi was, I bathed my daughter, and then I went to dinner with my wife and my daughter... His friends corroborated that alibi back in 1984. And then now they're saying, no, we actually saw them out together. George Saw and this other person, Robert Sanders. All right. So he, when they said they... intimidated those witnesses. So without him saying anything, they were just worried? He said, you better not tell anybody I was out? The information that I got said he intimidated those witnesses. There's no other context. Okay. All right. So, aside from calling the jail up and asking him, I'm going off of the information that I have. <laughs> and it's that. <laughs> it just says he intimidated no, them. No, I know, but that's it's kind of important, really. Um, so, okay. Back in 1984, my assumption would be that he intimidated them and said, you better not tell the police that you saw us out. Okay. All right. It sounds like he ruled the neighborhood like that too people were just afraid of him in in general yeah, that's what i'm feeling like it sounds like like but they, at the same time a lot of witnesses came forward and all placed her yeah, there that's fair. so that's like fair. how yeah that's like if it wasn't for those key witnesses right it was a lot of people <laughs> that a lot of right. people said well she usually goes up to that house she babysits yeah. up there she yeah, plays up fair. there so i don't know how that could be the case of him intimidating the entire neighborhood he must have threatened them then so yeah. intimidating is one thing like that was the terminology, the verbiage. About, we're, yeah, we're talking about people that, that knew this guy was out, and there's a missing girl, and they lied for him. I, I don't understand that piece. But anyways, that's not the – I mean, there's more to this story that we're going to cover. Okay. Well, yeah, you'll – I mean, we're about to find out. Robert Sanders knows what happened. Mm-hmm. We're about to get to that. All right. Well, remember, there's two people. That might have been the guy. He, he said, hey, come help me dump the body. Please go back to talk to Robert Sanders. And it's relatively easy to find him because he is serving in jail. He's serving a sentence in jail at this time. Oh, what do you do? I I didn't. Okay. I didn't look into his sentencing. But I mean, so the so the witnesses, a bad person so also. The so. witnesses that were intimidated knew the name of the person that he was with. Then. Yeah. Okay. Sanders tells police that he met with George Shaw that night, but he denied knowing anything about Barbara. 
Now, police talk about his nonverbals, which I know is your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And they say based off of his nonverbals, they could tell he was lying. Mm-hmm. And then he failed a polygraph test. Sanders then makes a recorded phone call to someone saying he needs to call them. Saying there's only three people who know about it. Him, the Lord, and the person who did it. This is in prison? They're, they're yeah, he made him. this recorded phone call in prison. Yeah, when okay. police confront him with this phone call, he ends the interview. He mm. immediately is like, no, I'm done talking. That ends there. That stalls mm. anything that they were going to get from that. The FBI crime lab comes back and is able to say that the tape they found in George Shaw's house is, in fact, the same tape that was found on the body of Barbara, thanks to the advancements in testing and technology. Mm-hmm. So they didn't find DNA, but they were able to like actually say that it is the exact right. same tape. There you tape. go. That's just as good. That's like right. finding the gun. The y- tape is, you know, for a crime that you know you right. Like, you know. The tape is also an industrial grade and not available easily to the public. Mm-hmm. And at the time in 1984, George Shaw, Shaw had actually received a bunch of that tape right before Barbara's murder. The employee who sold it to him ended up coming forward to the police. They were able to find him, and he said, yeah, I sold him that specific tape right before it happened. But he, he wasn't hiding anything. He just, oh, yeah, I'm a witness. I, right. I remember that. So the DA subpoenas Sanders, Robert Sanders, to testify in front mm. of a grand jury. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this makes him so he can't. Right. He yeah. has to yep. talk. This threatens perjury charges, which is, I guess, what he's yep. you know afraid yep. of. So he says that on August 3rd, 1984, George Shaw picked him up to go back to his apartment to get high. George Shaw then tells Sanders that he had a babysitter at the apartment watching his daughter. Robert Sanders said that when they got back to the apartment, Shaw forced the girl into the bedroom and shut the door. He describes to the grand jury what Barbara looked like, so they knew that Mm -hmm. it was the same person they were talking about. So they asked him to describe the girl that was there. He describes Barbara. 30 minutes later, George Shaw comes out of the room and tells Sanders that he, quote, messed up. And at this point, Robert Sanders gets up and goes to the door, and he can see Barbara lying on the bed. At this point, it seems like she's still alive. Mm Mm-hmm. From the description, Sanders said that they then put her body into the trunk of the car and took her to the side of the road where she ended up being found. Yeah, they must have given him immunity or something. I mean, he's already in jail. Yeah, but he, he's accessory to this murder. Can you? Can they offer that, though, if he was subpoenaed in front of a grand jury? Yeah, I, those are technical details. We'd have to talk about in another episode, yeah. The uh, I mean, the deal there is you don't get perjury charges, so you don't get extra jail. Because aren't perjury charges, like, pretty big, pretty hefty? Mm, I don't know. Lying? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I feel like that would be the deal. Yeah, you're compelled. But but the thing is, if you're going to incriminate yourself, that's like, you know, um, Fifth Amendment rights. You know what I mean? So Even for being subpoenaed like that? Yeah. You can still invoke yeah. the Fifth I I think so. I I gotta I gotta refresh my memory about the grand jury. So, but anyways, he so he's they're not gonna bring up charges on him. He's just they just wanted to find out what happened. So right because I right. they I mean they want to charge. So did they get any details shot. about what he meant messed up? Like he he probably wanted to to sex assault her and then she ended up dying because he had he put 
duct tape on her nose and mouth. So my understanding when I was reading and then I watched an episode about this is that he thought she was dead, ah. but it seemed like yeah, okay. or he or she was unconscious. Yeah. But it seemed like she was still alive at that point mm-hmm. when Sanders came into the room, but like unconscious almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she ended up suffocating from the tape that was over her mouth. Where's the daughter, the one that she was babysitting? They don't mention that. And here's the other thing. So Sandra says that they were out and then they came home and this happened. Yeah. So what What about that thing where he came to the door and said, come on, get back in. You know what I mean? I have no idea. Maybe that was before he went to go get Sanders. There's no like, yeah, there's no So that was just a creepy guy at the time. That's all that, that witness was talking about. Yeah, but also yeah. like his demeanor and yeah, the way yeah. that she yeah. was when she was answering the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not. There was there was a lot of like contradiction there, so I'm I'm not under sure. Right, sure, but yeah. that was a witness that came forward, so it was important. Yeah, okay. So on September 28th, 2015, George Shaw, who was 55 years old at the time, is arrested. He of course pleads not guilty, and he waives his right to a jury trial. Oh, we just have one of those. Mm-hmm. It's a bench trial, like I mentioned previously, I think just in last week's episode, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Or the week before, one of the two. Yeah, so it's heard by a judge. The defense goes after the testimony of Robert Sanders, obviously, because that's really, I mean, all they have other than the tape. The judge finds him guilty of third-degree murder and sentences him to 13 and a half to 27 years, which is the maximum under the guidelines from 1984. The judge, now this is interesting, the judge determined that there was not enough sufficient evidence to prove that George Shaw had raped Barbara, which is why he did not get convicted of first degree murder. What was he convicted of again? Say that Third degree murder. Third degree. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. And he gets 13 and a half to 27 years because the judge didn't feel like they, he, they proved that he had actually raped Barbara. I feel like 13 years is not... 13 and a half to 27 years. Yeah, it doesn't feel like long enough because, don't forget, he's been out living free oh, for so the last... Thir- 1984 to 2015. So it it was a statute of limitations. Yes. That's what it was. I'm, I'm looking here. So that's what it was. So that's what I said. I was going to say, why would they not... Um, Under yeah. the maximum guidelines from 1984. That's what I said. No, no, no. What I'm saying, you could, um, you can still convict somebody of murder. There's no statute of limitations, right? But on sex assault, felony rape, because the t- the, you can actually outlive the statute of limitations and get away with crime. In some in some instances, not for murder though, right? Not for murder, no, okay. no. Um, but for things like sexual assault, yeah, and f- this fraud stuff too. Yeah, I we t- I mean we talked about something another one similar to that uh, a couple weeks ago. There was one where he didn't get convicted. He only got convicted of like one or two of the sexual assaults out of like, I think it was like five. So here's something interesting too, and, and again I don't. I don't know these stories, right? You, I, until you bring them up to me, but I, I just, pick, yeah. I just look just now, right? Crime also occurred before the adoption of Megan's law, meaning Shaw will not have to register as a sex offender. <gasps> I think I read that, but I didn't. I I read the Megan's law, but I didn't look into what the Megan's law. I wasn't 
I didn't like look into that. Oh my gosh. What? Well, I well, remember. Okay, well they Hold didn't they didn't, they didn't prove. Yeah, prove. that makes yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Um I mean, it's stupid. The How ju- about the judge said, "You have been the beneficiary of delay of the delay to justice." <laughs> yeah, he's been 1984 to 2015. Yeah. How many years is that? 84 to 94 is 10 to 2004 is 20. 31 years? That's 31 and is, years. And this is what the cool thing about the judges, right? Judge can say whatever they want. There's no yeah. restrictions, right? He says, Can't they also do whatever they want? He said, uh, For the most part. They, uh, they don't have to justify it, why they, they give maximum sentences or something like that, right? right? They do, though. They make comments. And he said, realistically, had additional evidence not been lost to time, the sentence would have been life. Oh, like what evidence? You will be eligible for parole someday, but the family of Barbara Rowan has been given a life sentence of torment and misery by your hand. That's what I mean. Judges get to say shit like that. that, Yeah, but he said. Well, remember last week I read what what the judge said, and I liked it. What he's saying, what he's saying is, um, if you're lucky, you're outside the bounds of the statute of limitation. Otherwise, you've been. I'd have given you life. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Can't judges give whatever sentences no, they want? No, no, no. There's a, there's a bench book. It's called a uh, there's sentencing guidelines. But I guidelines. thought they had like their this, discretion to be like, yes. those are the guidelines, but no, no, I'm going to... No, no, within the guidelines. Oh, okay. Right? Sometimes it's like between 10 and 30 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's a huge amount. Between 15 and life. That's a long time, right? So third degree for 1984 must have been not very many years then. So why wouldn't he just give him the full 27 then? I don't know. You know, believe it or not, judges take into consideration because sometimes before sentencing, the the bad guy has the chance to say something. You know, do they show remorse? Do they apologize? That kind of stuff. That pisses judges off when um, if you have no remorse, if you show no remorse and you don't apologize, okay, guess you want to go to jail for a long, long time. I don't see... I don't know how I feel about that, though. I mean, it helps. It's not It's not like the thing. Should it, though? No. Right. So, like, why? Oh, my bad. Sorry. I didn't mean to strangle you. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Especially with the Which, like, by the, the way, family. we don't know how she died. Uh, or No, no. Never mind. We don't know. We're assuming that it's the tape. That he did, like, choke her out that, or no, something. No, they said that it was the it tape. It was the tape, it yeah. It was the tape that caused yeah. her death. Um, but it was essentially what you described is that he was trying to, as far as we know, trying to sexually assault her. And yeah, um, something happened. So be and quiet and put yeah. the tape on. And then he goes, oh, my God, goes, she's yeah. probably convulsing or doing something. Yeah. And, you know, and her eyes probably rolled. Whatever. Something probably happened. He said, oh, my God, I screwed up. She she did. Well, yeah. no, you screwed up in general, you idiot. Yeah. But um, yeah. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, especially for families, like if something if a family member of mine that happened to and we're at trial and I don't want him. I don't really care for an apology. Mm. I don't mm. want to hear him speak. Right. I know. You know what I mean? So yeah. it is interesting. To, that's always been interesting to me that that is an yeah. option that is available to them. And I get well, that. No, I get no, no, it's not. It's just. For it, them to speak before sentencing and se- like, or, or, why are you allowed someone. to speak at all? Yeah, no, I, I got it. Yeah, I feel like the victims and their families yeah. they should get to speak, and then you should shut up and take your sentence and go to prison. Well, sometimes the family members they want to. I get that it know. can help some people. They want to know. They want to, you know, why did you? Right. Why did you kill my daughter? But if they're not going to say why, then don't. Because most most of them don't. 
They don't give mm-hmm. a reason. They just stand there and have a pity party for themselves and talk about their own children and their own families. And then the, the victim impact statements, like they have a lot of leeway too. Have <laughs> you seen some of those in court? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, they have a lot of leeway too. How about the most famous one that recently has been talked about because of the show, the sister of the man that was murdered but from Jeffrey Dahmer? Mm. Did you have you heard did you see her statement no, to him? No. She like yelled and screamed. She like what, wait a minute. Jeffrey Dahmer was killed though. What what happened? What? At his no at trial at his sentencing, the they had the victim. Oh oh, oh because of the, the show, sister. the Netflix show, whatever show. But whatever, that's yeah. no. But her statement yeah. was a real thing where she you. had yeah, so yeah. much emotion. Yeah. She was yelling yeah. at him, and mm-hmm. that's like the most aggressive one that I've ever mm-hmm. seen of a family yeah. member getting so passionate as rightfully they should. All right, so he went to jail when seventeen then. So he's got yeah. he's almost halfway done with that possible thirteen and a half years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He well he was arrested in two thousand fifteen. They did a bench trial, which I assume probably didn't take very long. We got so yeah, two thousand sixteen. Oh, is that what it said? Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So he's like halfway done with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, there is always the possibility that he won't get parole, that they won't give it to him, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's what that thirteen and a half. To, to 27. 27 means, right? 13 and a half is probably the first point that you get eligible, become eligible for parole. So that's a good point, right? They might not, yeah. you know, that's a good point. They might not like that. Yeah. So anyways. Well, okay. and he was 55 in 2015. He was. So how old is he now? No, I think he was older than that. It's my research said he was oh, 55 okay. when he was arrested. All right, and 17 plus 6 then. 2015 when he was arrested, oh, 15. he was 55. S- Six, seven, eight, eight. So fifty-five plus eight is five sixty-three. You just did math. Yeah, I know. We're getting good at this, huh? What did we say? Sixty-three. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's still kind of young. Well, the reason I did math is because I know how old I am, and I know how long <laughs> ago two thousand seventeen was because I retired. So I, that's how I know all that. So all right. I would not be able to do that math. All right. Well, the, the family. You know, what's what say you about the family? Then I mean, we wish them. Hopefully, they are able to. Move Hopefully on. they got some yeah. closure. Yeah, because this was their only job. I liked what the judge said, though. That's, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really... I No, I don't like it, but it is mm-hmm. to look at it, trying to sentence him to life like that because yeah. they were given a life sentence is really sad. All right. So, yeah. Good. Thank you guys for listening along to this week's episode. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. I'll put all of the information for this week's episode and then we're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And make sure you're following us on Spotify. Go to True Crime Archives on Spotify and click the follow little button. Follow or subscribe. I think it just says follow. Mm. And you'll get notified every single time that our episodes release. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.